What's up, hobby friends, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. All right, well, we are at semi-officially, probably officially, episode 100, which, you know, that's a lot of episodes of uh, old Paint Bravely. We've done a lot. We've talked about a lot. It's been kind of ridiculous most of the time. And we got some comments about, you know, people are a little bit worried about episode 100. Uh, uh, Annika was worried, said, you know, you're not going to try and change or do anything, you know, professional or competent or anything, because that's not what they're here for. And I have to tell you, no, no, we decided we had a lot of talks about episode 100 and uh, we decided there's no reason to change. There's no reason to try and, uh, you know, make this a professional arrangement or be more than we are. We're just who we are. So we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about some hobby stuff. we got some cool stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on, actually, in the last couple of weeks. It's been Christmas. We're hitting New Year's, episode 100, all this stuff. But I'm going to turn it over to Brent. What's going on, Brent? What you been doing last couple of weeks, hobby-wise? Yeah. Episode 100, <laughs> depending on how you count Cobalt Talk 1 and 2, <laughs> uh, landing on Monday, the 1st of January, 2024. So we're... Entering a whole new mm -hmm. era uh, here on episode 98 of Paint Bravely the Podcast. <laughs> like, technically and, speaking, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there's all kinds of ways. Look, maybe we could get a little bit special on episode 104, which would be the four-year anniversary of Paint Bravely the Podcast, because we have not missed a... <laughs> Is it really? I don't want to say we haven't missed a week. We've missed every other week, but we have reliably missed every other week. Yeah, we legitimately we haven't actually missed an episode, right? That's how you would you would count that episode. We haven't missed one in Correct. almost four years. That's pretty dumb. Yeah, so we're we're it. coming to you with reliable every other week hobby nonsense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And since you asked, Casey, I want to talk about my lizards. Awesome, I love All lizards. Right. All right, so you know last year I was painting up a whole lot of one-page rules, lizards, dinosaurs, riding dinosaurs, and all that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At the time, I was printing everything they had. Yeah. Seraphim, Starhost, uh, the whatever they called their, <laughs> not you know, their old tiny Starhost. fantasy one. Yeah, they're uh -huh. not Seraphon, <laughs> not Starhost. Like, <laughs> Seraphon in the medieval jungle, whatever right, they called right, that. Right. I forget. Aztec dinosaurs, like not Seraphon, not Starhost, not one space page lizards. rules. Right. Aztec dinosaurs. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're on the same page. <laughs> so I was printing out everything that they had, and a lot of stuff just didn't get painted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And today, for the first time, I finally assembled all the bits of. I've also forgotten the name of this model, but it is the iguana-sized dinosaur. It is the ridiculously yeah. large for tabletop gaming dinosaur. <laughs> it and looks it comes like in two variants. It comes in two variants. It comes in a variant uh, without a howda on top, and it comes in a variant that is that is keyed for four individual pieces of of deck. You know, of of howda right, that right, go on right. this guy. Yeah, uh, like a big big deck tent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've got my, my lizards here, and previously I only knew these as like 10 very large chunks of hollow resin that have been sitting in one of my plastic bins for a while. Actually, 
coincidentally, they were sitting in my uh, plastic bin that smells like fish <laughs> because I had fish rocks right. in there for a yeah. while beforehand. Makes sense. But in the intervening year, I cleaned out the fish rocks. I started using that bin for storage. I put some 3D prints in there. I couldn't figure out why they all smelled like fish. I figured it out. <laughs> but here we are, 2024. It's a new year. I know why it smells like fish. Uh-huh. And I've put together these iguanas, we're going to call them. I have iguanas. never owned an iguana. I can't remember if I even ever, ever like, pet an iguana. But Really? Okay. But this model reminds me of nothing so much as an iguana in mm-hmm. size, shape, personality. Uh, <laughs> personality, like just just sits there. Man, iguana can be they can, they can be feisty. Let me tell you. Yeah, they they got these tails when especially when they get bigger, then they will come at you and they will whip you. Ooh, yeah. They're just like I don't I don't like you, and they will whip you. Yeah, we got these, we call them uh, garden snakes up in Maine. They're completely non-venomous. They're just little guys, but you're mowing the lawn. You're mm-hmm. like, hey, get out of here, snake. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah we, um, we, got, we got those out here. Although, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that. We got them near here. Out here where I am, we got the poisonous kind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I got these iguans. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. reason, the reason I wanted to talk about them is... I just wanted to start a discussion about larger 3D prints. I love it, yeah. So these minis, which are no longer minis because they're the size of a full-on pet iguana. <laughs> yeah. They are, they're, uh, you know, cut up and keyed to be printed on, like, regular size printers, standard size printers, mm-hmm. whatever. And so this is, it, it's like eight, nine. It's nine pieces for the body plus four legs. So this is... This is a, a model that I think is 13 pieces. That's so many pieces. You know, if it were a plastic model, that would be a very reasonable number of pieces. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but still. But the problem is with the with the 3D printer resin, it, it warps and shrinks a bit more than, you know, plastic or casting resin or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so I found when I went to go put it together, oh, I'm forgetting those 15 pieces, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> okay. It's like some extra I spikes that are separate or something. Yeah. I haven't even put the howda on yet. That's, oh my god. That's yeah. four more pieces. You start putting the mm. little dinosaurs on top of their, their riding positions there. You start putting little flags on it. Anyway, I'm not worried about those. Those will all fit on fine. Yeah. But when it's when it is one organic creature and you're printing out 13 parts, and there's just a little bit of shrinkage, a little bit of warping in the 3D printer resin. Mm-hmm. They don't go together great. Like, the the person who did the 3D modeling did a fantastic job. The cuts are in logical places. The keying is all very professional. And, like, it, it should work. But if i you know depending on my printer settings depending on the resin i'm using what i'm washing it in how long i take until i do the final cure on it how long it's in the final cure how long it's in my plastic box that smells like fish before i glue things together i actually yeah. don't think that variable is too important but... probably not no realistically <laughs> speaking <laughs> um but my point is that there's, you know, a couple of percent warpage, essentially, on each one yeah. of those 13 bits. And so when I went to glue it together, they don't quite fit together right. Yeah. And so I've got two iguans here, 
that have really pretty bad gaps in them. I mean, like the, I, the cameras, yeah. like I'm, I'm watching, obviously we're talking over webcam. Yeah. That gap is like considerable. On it's visible on your webcam. webcam. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a gnarly gap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a center line gap. There's a, there's a gap right where his lizard belly button would be. Yeah. There's a couple in the tail, a couple on the neck. Oof. The, the legs actually slotted in mostly pretty well, but this is a situation yeah. where I'm going to have to watch that old Marco video where he's mixing up Millipup, yeah, putting yeah. in alcohol, getting the Milliputty butter. Millibutter, yeah. Millibutter, yeah. Millibutter, yeah. You have to fill these all in like um, Marco Frizzoni taking care of a lizard, you know? Yeah, just an iguana. Just filling yeah. in some gaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, so I don't know if you have anything to say on that. I just wanted to start the conversation yeah. about uh, large 3D prints, essentially. Yeah, well, I mean, clearly I have some things to say because, uh, you know, in Paint Bradley fashion, we did talk about five minutes before, and I gathered my thoughts on this topic. So I, get, I grabbed a print off of my shelf that I did. It's a Titan Forge Gargant, and it's a pretty big print. But like it actually looks really good. And I think I think that there is a limit, I guess. I think that, that 3D printing, especially resin 3D printing, like I think there's a specific limit. If if you can kind of fit everything on one to two plates worth, that's like, okay, I got the body, I got the arms, the legs, kind of like the the standard build for a model, I think it's fine to have a large model. Um, mm -hmm. but when you start to cut up pieces, like I, I've been printing out these, uh, these dwarfs from one page rules. I got everything in the army printed up, like literally all of the models that are in that army. I've, I've printed, I mean, it's gotta be over a hundred models at this point. And the last model that I have to print is this giant combat excavator, which is so the dumbest thing I've dwarves. ever heard. Yes. <laughs> With a combat excavator. <laughs> And I don't know how that's come, but uh, whatever. Um, but like the base, like it's, it's like over 60 different parts that you can print out for this thing. And the base itself is in four pieces. And the printer that I'm using is a large printer. It's like a 10 and a half inch build plate. Right. And I mean, realistically for what most people are, are buying, that's just out there on the market. Like that's kind of the big size, right? Unless you're spending a lot of money getting, you know, one of those huge, like more industrial style 3D printers for at home. But like not a lot of people are doing that. So like if you have to break up the base into four separate, like nine hour prints, something's gone wrong. We've gone too far. I, I think this is like, cause it doesn't quite look right. And the gaps are, are so big that it's like, why are we 3D printing? If the idea was to do things we couldn't do in traditional model making if we can't cast this in one piece or two pieces or something simple like why would you print it in like 20 pieces that just seems crazy to me yeah. like we're it's I mean, like it, we're moving backwards as we're moving forward like yeah you can do this at home and get this model and whatever but like man you're, you're doing so much work that it just doesn't feel worth it anymore and the amount of money it's not like you're saving money because you can print unlimited models now you're spending 30, 40, 50, 70, $100 on one 
large uh, resin prints on time resin and time. And, yeah. 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 And like time is money. I don't care what you say about whether or not you're doing anything with your hobby time to make money or whatever it is. It's like that that is time spent that you could be doing something more productive. I just feel like yeah. there are more productive things than trying to build this gigantic 3D printed resin model that isn't going to look that good in the end. Yeah, that's part of it. The, so I I hadn't really considered the the lines, the the seam lines, the the joins, the the cracks, the gaps. Yeah. But they're they're very real just the the nature of 3D printing resin, it's hard to control the shrinkage, the warpage or at least without doing a whole lot of optimization which involves printing right. a lot of large parts which right, exactly. is not going to happen. Not well, gonna... and and that's the other thing, right? It's like Yes, there are people out there who are going to be doing 3D printing. It's like their full-time hobby. That's what they really like to do. And I think that's mm -hmm. great. But that also means that there's a lot of time and effort put into, yeah, like you said, optimizing, getting all this stuff out proper. So when it keys together, it's like, no, I'm not worried about these gaps because it is perfect. Well, that means you have a perfect environment, perfect resin, perfect settings, perfect everything else to make sure that what you have on your machine and your location and temperature and all these things works perfectly. That's, that's a lot of effort on its own. And like, if this is, if that's your only hobby, I totally get it. And I think yeah. that's great because that's what you're there for. But for yeah. most people using a, a resin printer, like that's not going to happen. And these things are drawing us in to buy these kits and these parts and whatever it is. And it's like, man, I feel really bad getting a big pack or something and then having this this like centerpiece be a thing that like is yeah i can't do it it's, yeah. too, it's too much yeah and that makes me feel bad for you know the designers and everything because mm -hmm. like there there are a very small pool of people who are willing and able to try to print that out yeah and and then the the percentage of people who would actually paint it after that goes down again. And that <laughs> yeah. combat excavator has been oh, man. probably painted once by the company. <laughs> I don't even has I've maybe never even seen it painted. Ooh. Even on their, well, there's on their your opportunity. Thing, I don't see it. Yeah, that's true. Now you have to spend a week printing it just to make a God, video. I'm the only person that. to ever print paint this model. <laughs> you know, the, actually that's that's an interesting way to look at it. Like if you were to put the time and effort into doing something like that, you might actually you would, be the only person who has ever done you that. You would get an email from the sculptor that's just like, oh my God, you, I'm so I, excited. <laughs> I didn't imagine it in that color, but you know, I only ever saw it in gray before. Uh, right, so, yeah, yeah, cool. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Look, if I'm going to paint a combat excavator, I'm not putting in the time and effort to make it a freaking space dwarf combat excavator, okay? It's going to be yellow and red, and it's going to be turned into an orc vehicle because I'm not going to spend that much time for something I'm never going to use. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were going to go down to the store and you were going to buy a $4 Tonka truck and <laughs> glue some dwarves to it <laughs> and a turret. <laughs> I love this idea. I'm so on board right now. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes so much more sense. Um, yeah, at a certain point, right? That's that's your alternative. That's what you're shooting for. Like, I have, my, like, my son's literal Tonka excavator that's in the sand pit in my backyard. I will use and will make sense. <laughs> He's not yeah. going to miss that come till come spring. Yeah, yeah it's winter got... right now. We're fine. <laughs> Yeah, you've got months to make it into something better that he'll forgive you for. Well, and if, if I transform it enough, he'll never even know. Yeah. <laughs> it's already like, weathered oh, you... and 
it's yellow. That's what I was going to paint it anyway. So. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah, man. but so I I continue to like three D printing. I think it's fun. I think it's there's some stuff that it does really well. Like a nice detailed seventy five millimeter model looks yes. so good on a three D printer, especially if you can get it in one or maybe two parts. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It it, it can be yeah. so good. Um, and you know we were talking before. Like there are some bottom limits on the scaling like for the companies that have uh their models kind of tuned to either 28 millimeter or mm-hmm. 32 millimeter i think normally the 32 millimeter works a lot better just a little bit thicker a little bit more durable yeah um, yeah i've printed out uh actually like a fair amount of models in the last like few months right um been working with this gk2 you know we've talked about it a few times uh really cool really good printer best prints I've gotten since I've started 3d printing. Um, but like I printed some pretty fiddly stuff and like, it's all 25 mil stuff. And it's, I don't know. It's borderline. Like I wouldn't recommend anything in 25 millimeter on a 3d printer because now you're getting into this weird territory of it being like, sure. The, the size is fine for like D and D or whatever, yeah. but the, the, like the weapon, the scale, of 25 millimeter is just so thin that like yep. a sword and uh like chains that are hanging off a model or cloth oh, or sure. anything like that is yeah. just so thin that you're you're gonna break it like it's a hundred percent you will drop it at some point especially if you're actually playing mm-hmm. a game with mm-hmm. it you will break it and that's just a bad feeling uh the 32 mil stuff and up like yeah it's a little thicker uh, certain companies, like I've I've noticed that too. Like I like certain companies more because they design thicker pieces. One Page Rules is a good example. Like they generally have thicker models, and I like that because I don't feel like I'm gonna break them. Yeah, yeah. there's the Sigwan. He's beefy. Like he, he has a thick boy. It yeah. feels good. Feels yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're <laughs> nice hollowed out pieces, and they do. <clears throat> They are keyed very well. Like they have little nubs so that they integrate mm-hmm. and like, you know, basically internal pinning and everything. But yeah, too many cuts, too many cuts. And the fact the, that they're like split the in half works. and the tail is split in half on top of that is like yeah. too much for me. Yeah, I would have that, looked at that. that file and been like, never mind, I'm not printing this. Well, live and learn, live and learn. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, a lot of the especially like the monthly subscription ones and stuff or, or people that sell on my mini factory, they're, they're mm. using the wow factor of yeah. like showing the army. And then there's a couple of centerpieces behind there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like if they do a second month of release of that army, yeah. they'll one up their previous centerpiece. <laughs> yeah. So this isn't, this isn't even the largest dinosaur from one page rules. It's not? There's one that's like coiled around a, a full on pyramid. Oh man. And, I don't know the names of all these, but I, I looked at that like, ooh, like I have that ooh. Up. Um, yeah. So, and and sometimes you know they're they're mm-hmm. made for people who have standard size printers or people who have like standard large printers. I guess if that makes sense, like the one of the larger four K ones. There right. a lot of times there there isn't even the full complete file for your your uncle Jesse's, your, your faux hammers, your, you know, uh-huh. people who actually are, are equipped to just go for it yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and do the whole thing. But. For sure. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. We've it's tough. Some good whinging on that. I'm 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 satisfied. <laughs> yeah. I mean I I really enjoy 3D printing. Um like it's it's one of my favorite tools in the hobby, you know? It's like up there with airbrushing for me. Like when I got it, it was like wow, this unlocks something real. Like there's there's some actual use to be had here and creativity that I can dive into. Um, and it's been like that, but I, I do think there are limits for sure. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've kind of talked about 3D printers, hasn't it? No, we do it pretty frequently. I mean, we, okay. It's been yeah. a couple of weeks. It's, couple, <laughs> it's been like two weeks. Yeah. Every other week we talk about 3D printing. Um, no, I mean like, like in earnest, like a full on conversation about like where we're at, but, uh, you know, we're making fun of like GK and any cubic last time or the time before i don't know <laughs> now we're here but well, you're uh, saying all these nice things your your representative might get to keep their job and crush maybe might see another maybe day even get a raise <laughs> you never know like, yeah you never know god any cubic needs to anybody got a contact just easy, let me know let me, let me know just the one yeah <laughs> All right, we we should uh, switch topics to something that makes All you right. happy. What, what right, makes well, you happy? It was just the uh, it was just the the holidays, you know, and uh, and traditionally, like we get we get some stuff. Um, you get any? You buy any or do any or gift any or get any gifts of minis or things in that nature? I already told you all the stuff I bought on Black Friday. Yeah, no new acquisitions. Oh, okay. You so you went out. On Black Friday, and you're just like, I that's it for me for the next like quarter. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, can't I do think it. there's still some some tabletop world stuff coming in the mail. They gotta ship that from. Oh yeah, uh, I always get it wrong. Croatia, I think Croatia that might be Czech Republic. Right. Okay, Croatia. that sounds right too. I don't know. Yeah, I I feel bad now, but I'm just waiting at like a. <laughs> waiting on some stuff from tabletop world, but it'll get here when it gets here, and then I'll have mm -hmm. some more little houses. Oh, speaking be, of which, though. That'll be the end of Christmas 2023 for, for old Brent here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, man. So I, I kind of made an interesting... No, I'm not going to say it's a mistake because I'm appreciative. And I am, truly. But uh, so I, I use my Amazon wish list like, to just kind of keep stuff throughout the year. Um, but then when it comes time for the holidays, like my parents especially will go to the Amazon list and be like, well, this is clearly, clearly what he wants. So we're going to, we're going to shop off this list. Right. Well, I know a couple, well, like a month ago I talked about, I bought just a, a lot of bases, a lot of bases from Amazon because there's a couple of different companies. Uh-huh. And see, Brent's got his bag of bases. I got my bag of bases here. Uh, these are the, the Eve model. You kind of hear that. Oh yeah, gotta love that sound. Um, I bought I bought some bases and I bought a lot of bases, right? Hundreds and hundreds. Are you just lifting the same bag on camera and off camera? I can't tell what you're doing. Um, and I got another several hundred bases for Christmas because they're fairly inexpensive as far as like a, a gift would be. Um, so now I have far too many plastic bases. And I need to do something with them. And I 100% forget the point of what I was trying to say. But They're good for color swatches. <laughs> yeah, and I might have to do that. <laughs> but, 
But uh, yeah, I, I got a lot of bases for Christmas. There's actually a majority of the hobby gifts that I got were, were bases, purely bases. So I have maybe four or five hundred, like, you know, 32 mil rounds. Ooh, yeah. Good size. I, I good didn't put any size. I didn't put any squares on my list, and I should have, because I am looking forward to doing some uh some Tomb Kings and some other fun like, you know, fantasy stuff that's coming up onto some square bases and I and I just I didn't put them on there. But the list is there and I'm like I keep track and I do things and then I forget about it and you know Christmas comes around and then I'm like oh yeah all that that stuff that I put on my list and it shows up it's like it's great and now I have all these bases I need to figure out what to do with so yeah also got some army painter graft grass tufts those are those are nice oh I already have those I got I got a lot lowland shrubs Merry Christmas yes oh and I, and I got these these like leaves in a jar. That was actually pretty pretty fancy. I was excited. That's pretty things. good. Yeah, I got like a brown, yellow, and green and red. And I'm uh, uh, I'm pretty stoked about these. They're like little the cut four out seasons: brown, yes. yellow, green, and red. <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna make. I got some. I got finally got my plinths in the mail for my like a uh, resin beast and and stuff, all that. Mm-hmm. So, it was a good Christmas, yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Oh, um, um, let's see. What else you got, Casey? I, dude, I got a huge list, and I'm trying to, like, like sort it mentally, and, and I'm looking at it on the screen over here. Because, <laughs> like, your list is, is several couple of things long, and mine's, like, 40 things long. Um... I got this sweet silicone desk cover. Yeah. Okay. I know. It's, it seems it seems weird. So, like, I bought a bunch of silicone mats for my 3D printers. Uh, you know, if you spill resin, whatever, you cure it, wipe it off, it kind of cracks off, and you remove it. It's no big deal. Um, but I've been, like, using one as kind of this dry palette that you just, mm-hmm. like, wipe off or or, you know, you bend it, and the paint just flakes off. And it's been, it's kind of like those pop, you know, the pop things, whatever people have been using lately, but just in a large flat mat and they're super cheap. Uh, but my wife got me a table sized one. So on my main table, I have this huge silicone mat that just is slapped down on top. So it's basically like a giant pallet that you can put whatever you want on and just cleans off. That's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. Yeah. It is pretty nice. It's just like dump some uh isopropyl alcohol in there and it and it cleans up as brand new. It's amazing. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. Good work. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I feel pretty good about that. Uh I've been I've been really working at getting my space like kinda up to snuff. Really shooting for that level ten, you know, hobby room. It's looking good. Every time I I see your space, you've got an extra cabinet there filled with painted minis. You got more lights. You're sitting at a nicer looking chair. Like it's all coming together. It's right. all coming up, Casey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every every other week, something gets added to this room. That's that's really it's really pushing it. You know. Although like uh, I've got these like stored like black storage cabinets out here, and I've got this little bench. It's kind of sat in front of them. 
And like my whole hobby space feels a little bit like a locker room right now. Like I'm going to go over there and sit and like, you know, dress out for like gym or something. <laughs> it's a little weird. Yeah. It gets you in the mood. It gets you in the zone. Yeah. Puts you in the yeah, right headspace. pumping me up. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. It was a rough first half, but uh, yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. get them. We're going to get them next up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, I got my shipment of, uh, what are they? Night Nightmare? Let's see now. I forgot the name. I think it's Nightmare. Yeah. Night Models. Night Models. I feel like right. it's Nightmare spelled with a K. Night it is. Nightmare spelled with a K. Yes. Night Models is the store. So those are the metal old style orcs, right? Yes. Made by the yes. dude who made the original orcs for GW back in the rogue trader days the early ones Very good cool. ones um yeah i ordered like way too much and i finally got them in the mail and they are epic Oof. like they even in unpainted metal they look really good so i just wanted to uh say that i got them so it's not like it's some fake garbage company selling fake models or something like they came in the mail they're real and they look super good um, I thought though, like, cause what, what I wanted to do is maybe like put them together, uh, prime them zenithal, you know, all the stuff, get them like prepped for when I feel like, Hey, I want to paint these. I can just grab one out and it's like prepped and ready to go. Right. That's actually been something I want to talk about at some point. It's like prepping your entire collection, but we'll get there. Um, but I've, I've wanted to do that so that I could do that. But then I thought, you know, I might actually mix these up with my GW orcs be hard to tell you'd be able to fool yourself pretty quickly i'm pretty sure i i could yeah eric from eric's hobby workshop could tell him apart you'd be able to sort them out in five seconds yeah. but well, that's clearly not but as long as you can fool yourself that's good hobby time right there i feel like it's a good thing even though yeah. it might be like you know breaching some kind of contract or whatever yeah, eric, for that. eric like, would be sitting there he'd be like that's a that's a big gun from uh 98 that's right. uh that's a big in yeah, this is uh, our boy. This is oh, this is nightmare miniatures. You know, yeah, twenty twenty two. Yeah, I yeah. still say it's like the same sculptor. So it's like the, he has this distinct style, and it's really in a weird spot of like, are you just copying the company that you work for, or are you just doing your thing? Just I, doing his thing. I mean, he is. He is. Yeah, because that's how they're doing it, and that's what they're gonna do, and that's how they're gonna continue. Um, but yeah. it's like, they're really close, like really close. He was, <laughs> well, he was sculpting orcs back when they were spelled O-R-C. So, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, in, the lawyers at the company recognized that they had to introduce some idiotic misspellings in order to even attempt to, uh, to, to trademark their, their right. orcs. So to trademark the orcs. Yeah copyright their works whatever no no yeah. you're right you're right trade trademark the word copyright the existence of a line of works i, I don't mm -hmm. know i'm not a i'm not a british lawyer but <laughs> if i ever went to, wig, to yeah. britain to engage with their legal system i would get a wig no i would yeah, I do, it my, I do it my hair i do it my hair like george washington <laughs> and i'd go in there and tell him all about orcs did like george I, washington wear that and he, i would win <laughs> he, or did he just like style his hair to look like that or did he wear a wig because I feel like he showed a lot of forehead for a man wearing a wig, fair, but I could fair. be wrong. He had a lot of forehead. Yeah. Then yeah. again, I don't know. It might have been an ill-fitting wig. 
I don't know. It's just right up, right up at the top here. Uh, Americans, please let us know in the comments how cool George Washington was and whether or not he wore a wig. Yeah, don't probably do in his later, probably in his like much later years, he had a wig. But I mean, in, in the cool yeah. years, yeah, like the boat across the river years. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. The Delaware that, that years. Was Christmas. That's a Christmas story right there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas. It's New Year's. We're right yeah. on target. We got this. Yeah. George Washington across the Delaware with a couple boats full of orcs. The, yeah. the biggins. Yeah, I took the the elites. Yeah. It's perfect. I want to see that. <laughs> Yeah. Somebody get on that AI, you know. Give me some of that, you know, orcs crossing the Delaware. <laughs> oh, Be before I forget, so I'm, you know, I I hear you on your nightmare miniatures, awesome yeah, yeah, orcs, yeah. and they interest me. I've been looking at a Kickstarter that's going on. Mm -hmm. It's uh, mm -hmm. Avatars of Avatars of War Zone. Physical. Yeah. Legendary Orc Warriors Regiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, physical Forge. Yeah, like 16 different orcs on there. Yeah, it's it's a multi-part orc kit, so they got mm -hmm. legs, torsos, arms, weapons, heads, and it's CO cast. But like the, the actual sculpts of the orcs, they're looking old style. They're they're oh, looking yeah. they're looking like mean old green skins. Yeah. I seen this Kickstarter. I seen it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Physical Forge, Avatars of War. I don't know. I'm looking at it. I'm thinking about it. I like it. I think it's a good idea. Like I've got they're, a couple of weeks to make up my reasonable. mind here. Like for the amount that you're getting, I think it's. I could be better, but it's reasonable. It's reasonable enough, you know. Yeah. Um, they're definitely cool looking orcs. So gotta give them that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's reasonable if you've got some Christmas bucks. Like if anyone's if anyone's saying, "Oh, I didn't get anything cool for Christmas, but I got this grandma money." That's true. I literally maybe you get some I, yourself some multi-part orc kits. Yeah, yeah. My my grandma. Well, my birthday is like in December. It's near Christmas, so it's like I kind of get this weird double up. Generally, <laughs> you know, it's kind of the bummer about that. But uh, my grandma does hold on to the the happy birthday like card that she sends me until I go up there for Christmas, and there's usually some some grandma bucks in there. So, uh, although I I technically did spend my grandma bucks on some uh, space rats from Mantic. Kind of what works now. I mean, if you just. You match the donation from your grandma, thus giving you double grandma box to uh, also get some orcs, space rats and orcs. It's fair. It's a fair point. Yeah. A generous it's, donor it's a, has matched grandma's donation to the hobby collection. It's funny. That's, that's basically how I look at it, too. It's like, what can I get half off of like with this amount there of money? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Grandma doesn't know how much orcs and space rats cost. That's but, true. Uh, she doesn't. She doesn't know. <laughs> we'll help her out a little bit. Help yeah. her get me the perfect Christmas gift. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I picked up the uh, the Veerman Strike Force from Mantic. I've yep. been meaning to for a long time, and somebody like mentioned it in a comment on my now fairly old space rat video that I did that poll for, which which actually got a good amount of like traction on like whatever change.org or something. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I think we got like a couple thousand like signatures or something. Something stupid like that. Um 
but yeah like mantic makes space rats and somebody reminded me of that and i was like holy crap i totally meant to like buy those and so i just went out and i bought the the strike force which was on sale for uh for christmas so it was like uh i think 75 dollars for and there's got to be like 50 models in that pack it's huge like mantis doesn't is. screw around with filling a pack you know um not that i'm ever planning on playing a mantic game i don't have any of their rule books or anything um but i definitely want to use them because like i think one page rules has rules for space rats and yeah they do some other stuff so yeah. yeah they've got rules for that yeah i mean i have a bunch of their stls yeah yeah i'm definitely definitely gonna pretend like i'm gonna play that that feels better Hmm. Yeah. <coughs> All right. Well, you've you've got a, you've been busy over there. I've just been. It's true. Up to my normal stuff. I've you know finally got out my my microscope video, looking at all those metals. That was fun. You did. There was a that was a good video. There's a lot of a lot of cool looking like photos in that video. You know. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. A lot of the slides looked pretty awesome. Like photography yeah, that, that me, people don't see very often or if if, if ever, you know. Yeah. yeah. Makes me want to sell my car and get a better microscope. Makes me wanna, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Which is basically what it would take. <laughs> yeah. I like to move up from like the standard microscope you can get to like an actual good one. Is it, oh, yeah. is it that big of a price jump? Scientific oh, yeah. Scien- scientific equipment goes stuff you can get on Amazon. Uh-huh. Stuff that's a price of a car, stuff that's a price of a house. Like that's just the grades of scientific equipment. Yeah, I mean, it makes for, at least for almost any piece realm. that you need. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, selling your car to buy a microscope, like that's that's a ballsy move. I think you should do it. You should definitely. It's a good do YouTube it. title. I, I know what yeah. kind of car you have. <laughs> still a lot have... of great, still a lot of great microscope. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an all right, it's an all right microscope. Okay. It's okay. I have the same car. Yeah, weirdly, Brent and I have the same car. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see if the the used car dealer has any uh, <laughs> trade in program for microscopes. Uh, you never know. You never yeah. know. I mean, sometimes, and I'm being honest here. Sometimes they literally send out things that are like, "You buy this car and you get yourself a fancy new telescope." So you know, microscopes That's not true, that far. But out those of the are always there. like thirty-five dollar telescopes that they just take out of the box. That's also fair. <laughs> no, it's possible. So you're better off just buying the one you have on Amazon. I think we're back to where we started. Yeah, there we are. But anyway, <laughs> that that was a fun video, and the the moral of it, it is actually very quick to tell if a metallic paint uses mica versus aluminum. Mm-hmm. They look completely different under my hundred and fifty dollar microscope. And so, um, yeah, you know, there's just been this perception in the hobby that the best or most expensive hobby paints use aluminum to make their paint shiny, to make them look like a metal, whereas maybe the cheaper paints use mica to do, you know, make the paint shiny, make it look like a metal. Yeah. And a little bit, but also it's more mixed up than you might think. And there's a lot of paint lines that have some mica, some aluminum, so like uh, a lot of gold paints will be mica, which and the mica can be uh, colored, dyed, and so there might be brown mica to make a gold paint. Whereas for the, the they'd use aluminum for like silver and steel, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just it was just very interesting to be able to 
bust those myths or at least be able to to talk about our hobby supplies a little more accurately mm-hmm. and uh yeah that was that was good that yeah was i good. mean it's pretty fascinating like I mean, you see the the way that the the stuff's broken down, and some of the metal, like the uh, the mica, is like a little bit finer, and you wouldn't necessarily know it's mica. That kind of thing. It's it's interesting mm-hmm. to see. Um, I still, even after watching that that video, I still feel like the ones with the aluminum just look better. I think that's. I I think there's some truth in that. Yeah. Um. So I will say, like, Turbo Dork. Mm-hmm. Was using a lot of mica. Yeah. A lot of the like colored metallics were using a lot of mica. Mm-hmm. And so mica's okay, so the, the big difference is that mica is translucent and aluminum is opaque. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a thin layer of paint that's using aluminum as the metal pigment is more likely to be opaque than a thin layer of paint that uses mica. Mm-hmm. And the the flip side of that coin is that mica has you can get kind of some depth to mica so especially if you want to do like a bright red metallic green metallic blue whatever if you're if you're stacking layers of blue tinted mica on top of each other you're getting more depth and more saturation more more color saturation it makes sense yeah yeah like a lot more reflection of like that light off of the mica and the like bouncing back at you that type of thing yeah and and supposedly mica actually is a little bit more reflective than aluminum interesting Um, Mm -hmm. also my understanding is that it's a a little bit easier to get aluminum into a suspension to make the paint out of and so there's Mm -hmm. you know less fussing around with the paint medium that needs to be done Mm -hmm. by the the factory by the companies um, so there's there's various trade-offs, and it's it's not all just do you use mica or aluminum. There's there's obviously all kinds of stuff going on with yeah, the yeah. the paint medium and you know the the binder and all that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, 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 I mean it's I think it's pretty fascinating for sure. Um, I wonder. I mean, I obviously I don't think you came across this at all in any of your samples, but is anybody using both at the same time? <laughs> like it seems like you could do both i don't know <laughs> the answer is yes sort uh, and I, fe- I found this very recently oh okay um, i think you knew the answer to this already casey i, I think may have me. i may have yeah. uh i may have subconsciously okay. thought about okay. it but no i'm not this i'm serious like i, I didn't i just okay. thought about this so 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 one of our one of our topics that we have on our list for today is um the day this podcast comes out is actually the the first day that the embargo is lifted for talking about Warpaint Fanatic. I've been holding some up a little bit here. Not that I was... Oh, there you know, are. This is, I got some over here on the side. Okay, you know, good, good, good. Got my little rack of Warpaint Fanatics over here. Yeah, and so <laughs> they're coming out with 18 new metallic paints. And, of course, I had to make me 18 slides of those to, to put on my microscope. And... But essentially what I found is like about a third of them are aluminum, mm-hmm. about a third of them are mica, and then I guess the other third are actually a combination. Like you Very put it on the microscope and they're they're like mostly mica. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's like 90 or 95% mica, but there's 5 or 10% aluminum in there. And uh, I don't know, best of both worlds or... 
I mean, it's interesting that yeah, works well like enough. You want, you want the know. reflectivity of mica with the coverage of aluminum, then I can see that happening. Yeah, um, that may be the case. That may be what's going on there. Yeah. So that that was a surprise for me, and uh, <laughs> actually, I I communicated that back towards the army painter. Yeah. So in some of their early marketing, they'd talked about you know we got a new line of metallics coming out. We're using more <laughs> aluminum content in our paints. Mm-hmm. Um. And depending on how you you read those advertisements, it actually sounded like they were using like all aluminum in their paints. Right, right. I think a lot of people are under that impression, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I was sitting over here with my playing with my little microscope. I'm like, that's mica. That's mica. It's clearly reflective rainbow rocks here. (laughs) Like, what are we gonna do? (laughs) So, so I got my my guys on the line. Like, uh, yeah, you you know, you actually have like a lot of mica in in this uh, metallic line, and. they looked at my slides and they're like, "Oh, yeah, this is actually more mica than than I think the marketing people thought." Yeah. And so I don't know if they got their wires a little bit crossed over there. Or I what, mean, who but, knows? Uh, like that that process from whatever yeah. people are mixing paint, doing this on this day and that day. Who knows? But yeah. yeah. But um, I mean, the paints I've tried, the metallic paints that I've tried are are solid. Like they're yeah. They're, there's I I haven't done a ton with them, but I've you know swatched a few of them out, and they're like, yeah, looking good. Do you want to just uh, talk about War Paints Fanatic? Just, just do like a yeah, a, jump on in. Yeah, jump yeah, on just in. Go right now. But, but yeah, I just wanted to set the record straight that uh, there's there's mica and aluminum in that line, and something that I had not seen before. Then they have mm-hmm. know, like six, seven, eight paints that have mica and aluminum, and yeah, I don't know if that five percent aluminum just increases the opacity a little bit or what, but. I would think um, so. I think they're shooting but, for opacity on a lot of, at least from what I've seen uh, from the marketing materials, like doing swatches on on black bases and stuff. It's like, look, mm-hmm. this is one coat, you know, compare that to any other paint. What does that look like? You know, um, <laughs> you know, we all know that Guinness gold coverage, right, is, is, is abysmal. Uh, a lot of GW metallics are like their, their base, obviously they're, they're, differentiated by base and layer but um yeah it's like that it's like the mica doesn't seem to cover very well at all um but having the fanatics paints be kind of this like yeah it's really thick really pigmented it's gonna cover and it's gonna do its job like yeah okay i can see that like it definitely is that like in most of the paints that i've used it's it's good like i can get one coat and be fine with it yeah, I've I've been uh, you know swatching some out. I've been painting a bunch of models with the the War Paint Fanatic, and uh, it is so much better than their their last version of of War Paint. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I I think that I think that the distance that they've come is tremendous. Yeah. Like it is yeah. it is seriously night and day from the normal like War Paints that they've had forever. I mean, yep. like they they took a good place in the market that certainly needed to be filled, the like inexpensive entry point, right? For a lot of people, it's going to do the job most of the time. Um, but then, you know, when you're starting to improve and you're having to fight the paint to do that, it it really hurts you as a painter trying to to, to get better. Um, and I think that I mean, because I still don't technically know the price of each bottle. Like we kind of sort of know 
but not technically. I think they announced 425. Did they actually announce that? I didn't see the video, so okay. Well, in that case, then I think they're in a good spot. Um, These paints being competitive in price, being, I think, slightly larger than some of the other ones, or I guess Citadel in particular, um, is going to do a lot, right? Because Army Painter is already so widespread. They're like out of the mini painting stores that I have near me, I think all of them have Army Painter. Yeah. And that's, like, that's the big reason why yeah. we care about the releases from Army Painter is because they are so widespread. I mean, yeah. we're we're lucky that we have at least 10 paint companies in our little hobby oh, that are real, they're yeah. all putting out <laughs> realistically they're all putting out some good products like there are there are good paints from we yeah. can we can sit here and list 10 maybe 15 companies and that's awesome but we don't we don't talk about the releases from every one of them we talk about army painter because at least for us they are in all of our nearby stores like their mm-hmm. distribution is just so solid in america and through lots of europe that um yeah it's relevant yeah yeah no i think they've done a really good job at like kind of establishing this network right throughout all these countries and stores and all these things and and bringing in these paints now like i mean they're gonna kill it it's gonna be insane yeah yeah so to the best of my knowledge i've you know i mentioned that there's 10 or 15 hobby paint brands out there I've realistically I've tried half of them, but to mm-hmm. my knowledge, the old Army Painter War Paint was the worst one. Like just that's per, yeah. <laughs> on on average, if you were to pick a random color from from a couple of different lines, yeah, and there's there's some in that old War Paint range that mm-hmm. is just be like, oh, I don't know what this is, but this loses like this, yeah, F minus <laughs> like that. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, they had like yeah. they had some decent colors. I I bought there's, some of their like some color match series some stuff ones that were pretty use. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there there are some there are some ones that are fine. Yeah, and like yeah. that's the thing. Like making paint is kind of a solved challenge. Like people a bit. like <laughs> humans have been making paint for hundreds of years and acrylic paint for decades at least at this yeah. point. It's just and, whether or not uh, you can eat it and you die. Is the <laughs> thing. Uh, but um yeah so so most of the most of the hobby companies are making fine or or great paint like my scale is basically good enough or not and pretty much every other brand is solidly in the good enough category and yeah. the old war paint was not yeah i mean especially for what like yeah. you and i are shooting for generally like most of the paints we use are like fine <laughs> yeah it's just like oh yeah. this one you don't thin much this one you gotta thin like that's yeah. that's the difference for for a lot yeah. of stuff i find yeah. that the the new army painter stuff's it feels a lot like vallejo like it's kind yeah. of on that level where it's like it's pretty thick but mm-hmm. not like overly thick you know where like pro yeah. on the kind of thin side yes so it's like it's thicker than pro but like I don't know, it's, it's in a good spot. It's in a good spot. So I, I agree. Like on, water and you're good. on my wet palette, I treat it very much like Vallejo or mm. two thin coats of I've got. Yeah. There's a glob on your 
on your wet palette yeah and you kind of wet a brush and you pull paint out from the glob on your wet palette and then kind of that that outer perimeter is the is the good stuff it's the good the, stuff yeah. the correct thin right yeah, and then of. you got your reserves in the center in the glob exactly yes exactly. i i like that way of painting too of like because it stays for a good amount of time on a wet palette mm-hmm. whereas like i really like the consistency and and use of pro Acryl, but it definitely thins out a little too much on a wet palette like if you Agreed. let it sit for yeah. too long. So I think yeah. this is a, it's, it's in a good middle zone of that. It's not like you have to thin it out and thin it out and thin it out a lot to make it work on a wet palette. It's right in the middle. So, yeah. Oh, I want to mention yeah. one thing and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've had this observation, but mm. when I've been like cleaning out my old wet palettes, mm-hmm. like I, I use the paint, I come back to it the next day, open up the wet palette. I'm getting a smell and really? I don't, I don't know if if my my pad's getting moldy and I gotta go listen to Vince about <laughs> copper and everything, or or I don't know if there's like something about the the binder or the medium that it maybe has a little bit of smell to it. I, mean, I don't know. To so be wanna... fair, most paints in like many paints stink really okay. really bad, and that's okay. because they the, like the all the stuff that they put in there, the binders and all the stuff it starts to kind of rot and it's not great. So they put smells in there to cover it up. Now I noticed the two thin coats one because they put coconut oil in it and you can taste it. Mm. It's not a good thing. Don't do it. But I knew, I knew it like literally within the first five minutes, this paint tastes like coconut. Okay. Okay. So (laughs) I just want to say like, I, I am curious if anyone else has this experience, like when I'm painting, like, Seems great. It's just the next day. It's just like, ooh, I've gotta gotta wash this out. And again, I don't know. Yeah, small don't know. sample size here. Small sample size here. I'm not 100 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sure. I paint right next to the cat litter box, but my nose is all <laughs> messed up anyway. <laughs> You're getting some other stuff mixed in. Who knows? Uh, personally, I haven't noticed anything with my wet palettes with this paint on it. I've been using this okay. paint for two and a half, three months. Okay. In all the videos I've been doing too uh obviously not mentioning anything just saying this is a red this is a red color <laughs> you know got him. <laughs> yeah i got him um but like i haven't noticed any weird smells so i'm not sure could be you just your wet palette's gone kind of okay. gross okay. <laughs> i don't know call up red grass games about that one yeah, yeah. Well, one, I'm using one the, of you uh, one me. of you is betraying my nose <laughs> you weren't using the army painter wet palette so you know it didn't work quite quite right maybe that's why <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, know. my mistake yeah yeah um so my uh yeah no my wet palettes have they've been fine uh, not super stinky not okay. more than usual i suppose okay yeah. i i I always feel weird being one of the early reviewers because I don't want any like weird, stupid thing that I say to like become canon. I know but what you mean. I, yeah. So, so I want to tentatively ask if anyone else has had that experience. Yeah. Like, Reactivation. Easy, easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Old Spanish Casey, they call him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> uh, grumble, 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 grumble. Oh, that's deep. Yeah. All right, all right. I 
I clearly said exactly what tests I was going to do on the speed paint to test it for the purposes of a one coat application as it was marketed for. Mm -hmm. I clearly explained the tests of which I did a dozen. I showed every test the results of in 4K high resolution mm -hmm. crystal clear mm -hmm. focus. And then people are like, you shill, you didn't show reactivation. Like, well, if you I, didn't I experience I'll, it, you didn't. It I, doesn't all matter. All I can say is look at all these tests, and it isn't in any of them. You can look at the footage; it's not a. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, I'm oh, I'm with you. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> I think it's kind of kind of dumb for anybody to be like, well, you just didn't try hard enough or do anything enough. It's like, you know, we bullshit around and shoot video all day, right? Like that's what we do. It's yeah. not like we're we're trying to like shill for these people or do anything stupid like that. Like we're right. we're painting models because right. it's fun. If if any of the ways I was painting a model had reactivated, yeah. it would have been in the high resolution video that I exactly shared with like everybody. literally right. It's like I'm not. It's not like I'm going back and cover doing a cover up video. Of the oh, video can't I shot. show that one. Yeah, yeah, you can't show this part of the footage. I gotta skip that. Like yeah. uh, no, yeah. it either happened or it didn't. I don't know. Like I I've done plenty of times where I've gone back over paint I just painted and like yeah I used some kind of you know watered down version of some other paint to do like my own wash on a thing and then I you know reactivated acrylic paint and cut some of it off or something like this shit happens who cares plus they fixed it they got two it's all good we're all good yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. there's there's gonna. I haven't blocked them all. There's gonna be some angry people in the comments anytime I paint with Army Painter. That's just the way it is these days. But, I mean, okay, if anybody wants to, but if they keep raising far, their hand, I'll uh, I'll keep uh, calling on them right, with exactly. my little block function. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I can make all these uh, other accounts if they want to comment one by one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, I mean, my my experience overall with with the the new paints has been pretty good like i haven't had any issues yeah. there they do what they're supposed to do and honestly yeah. that's that's all you can really ask for with all of this stuff it's like yeah. i just want the paint to go on the palette to go on the model and not you know it, it, it is the color that i thought it was going to be right like that's yeah. what i want yeah and that's what these do so yeah i've i've been using them a, a fair bit especially in the last couple of weeks here and uh they haven't made me angry at all that's a good way to put it i like that yeah they they yeah. haven't made me angry like there's some of the man, orc blood babe mm -hmm. blonde they make me angry like they <laughs> viscerally angry <laughs> yeah <laughs> those are some old old war paint colors uh-huh uh -huh. yeah. yeah um so i i'm gonna say it again um there are people out there right now who got some of the old army painter paints for Christmas. Some of the paints or, or whatever, like there's the, anytime there's a transition in technologies, there's going to be some dead enders and there's going to be some people who accidentally invested at the wrong time. And, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. half of your paints are still pretty dang good. And half of them, you'll, you'll figure out which ones you, you want to modernize. And, yeah. uh, it happens um all all your stuff is usable you can still paint some minis and have fun i mean there's there's 18 year olds out there right now learning how to mine coal and like it just, you know transitions are rough like that's that's all it is to it uh, yeah 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 uh, some somebody had to get the last gift of a army painter war painter box set it that happens. That's actually hey, maybe leave it in the wrapping. It's a it's a collector's item. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. 
Okay, or open up the wrapper and and uh, figure out which half are the good half, and then uh, you'll have a a list of other colors to to modernize or to try from some other brands or to try the new the new fanatic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like I think in the title for my upcoming uh, Warpainter fanatic video, it's going to be like the worst paint line got modernized or or something the worst right, paint yeah. line got got a second chance gotta say yeah something and something good like that because they did yeah when the the one thing that makes me feel bad about that title isn't like uh Bo sitting sitting in denmark at army painter headquarters being like but i liked that line of paint that i made like yeah he he'll <laughs> he'll get over it the the people i feel yeah, bad yeah. for with that title are the people like the 12-year-old who just got a set of Army Painter oh. paints for Christmas. I feel bad. Yeah. I feel bad for that person. Because there, there uh, have been uh, several – I've seen pictures and yeah. some of the Facebook groups that are like, yeah. I just got these paints and it's so great. And everyone's like – in the comments, they're like, um, you didn't hear? Like, yeah. Didn't I mean, it's, yeah. No. It's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. happen. And, and honestly, yeah. like if that's the first big box you're getting, I think it's still going to do yeah. just fine. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's when you hit the, yeah. like you get to the limits, right, of that particular paint line. You start running into those problems when you start even noticing that those problems are a thing. Yeah. And then you go, oh, yeah, like this is not helping me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So there were, there were the same people, you know, talking about like, oh, Speed Paint 2.0. I just got Speed Paint 1.0. In my mind, the difference between those two products is relatively small. I mean, there's, yeah, they fix the there's some things, things you can do with one like, that you can't yeah. do with the other, but like, um, those are, that's great. That's, uh, I just got my 2014 Honda, but the 2015 Honda just came yeah, out. Exactly. Like, yeah, okay. Well, you still got a car. Like, yeah, <laughs> you could be fine. You can drive to work. It's, it's all good. Yeah. Um, most people won't even know the difference of, uh, you know, one model year. Yeah. Um, but the difference between the old war paint and the new fanatic paint is, striking enough that uh um, oh, yeah yeah if you were one of the if you were one of the last people to receive that as a gift like shake it off like this life is full of <laughs> disappointments yes. i don't know just just squirt the excess whatever out of the bottle and upgrade when you run know. out yeah yeah <laughs> I, I the thing is there's nothing i can really say to make that better like that's that's just gonna be a fact no, of life there's it is yeah it is. There are transitions between technologies. There are upgrades. Like this is, yeah. you know, I don't know. There's there's some good paints in there. You can dive on in there and have fun painting your first models yeah. or your first army or whatever. But yeah, you you probably will recognize some colors that you wish were better and uh, know that there are better versions of those colors out there and that you that's a good excuse to shop around try some different paint lines and, and yeah, replace exactly. them one by one or whatnot exactly. i don't know i don't have a great answer for that it's gonna happen it's <laughs> the it's the one thing i feel bad about uh as we march forward into the future and yeah, yeah. embrace progress oh for sure for sure no so yeah like uh i think in general i really like the war paints that they've come out with i i, I haven't had any bad experiences so far I've been using them on a consistent basis and uh the I got the uh what is it the 50 paint set with the rack. I don't know if you've seen the rack. 
I have like not. A... I got the 11 paint set and the 206. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got the, the big box and like the starter box. <laughs> yeah. I got the I've actually box. been spending the most time with the starter box. Just to... that is a good rack though. That is it's a good a rack. Good rack. Yeah. It's a good army painter like uh, branded rack. They also, yeah. I, it got a bunch of uh, stickers with it. Came with stickers. Yeah, mine came with stickers too. Yeah, I put stickers so, on my, my lockers. Yeah, feel good about. So it. actually, here's a point. Here's a point. So Ooh, okay. I have the I have the massive box that's yeah a lot of colors, and uh, I've actually been pretty much only using the eleven color starter box, like just okay. to really get the feel for some individual colors, play around with the mixing a little bit. Uh, you know, also again talking about beginners and people who are literally just getting their first paint set if you're getting your first paint set and you don't even know if you like really like the hobby yet don't get 216 colors get 11 good colors call. good call yeah. yeah yeah like maybe if you're you know if you are upper upper middle class maybe you get the 50 colors but uh yeah well even yeah. then like doing a little bit of calculation i mean that's that's still like what probably 199 retail i think that might be true yeah, something like I'm just that. guessing. I don't actually know, yeah, but that, that sounds about guessing. right. I I I do not know. Like we, yeah, that's one of the things about being an internet YouTuber <laughs> influencers. We don't even know how much this stuff costs. So like that's it's yeah, no skin off it's our fair. back. Um, yeah. So we got to address for that bias too. But I've been I've been spending a lot of time with the 11 paint set, and I've actually been getting some models that look pretty nice yeah so that the paint set has one yellow one red one green one blue mm -hmm. brown black white primer uh strong tone gold silver i think you got them all but um yeah it doesn't even have a purple doesn't even have an orange you got to do some mixing mm -hmm. um that's not that you can make a good one of either of those with, <laughs> yeah. the, with the mixing but you can make yeah kind of passable mm -hmm. and uh yeah, I I like the story that that tells. Actually, is that yeah you can, you can definitely get some fun looking paint jobs with a small collection of paints, mm -hmm. and then from there you can identify what you're missing, one what you want to expand out on that collection from, and uh, if there's like a color family that you really like, that that expanded triad thing that they do, which is actually a, a color family of six different yeah. Uh, lightness, darknesses yeah, within the same color hue. Whatever. That paint or six, whatever. Diff yeah. Six different tones within the same hue, I guess. That's yes. that's actually a pretty good way to do it. Like if you're if you're painting your orcs and you're like, wow, I wish I really, I wish I had an actual highlight color handy and I didn't have to mix it every time. You can just go out and buy that. Like it's in the it's in the color progression. It's yeah, pretty obvious what you want to do if if. You know, you're highlighting within the same hue, basically. But, yeah, and it is within, yeah. like, its own set. Like, they, they could easily sell sets of, like, well, here's the six in this particular yellow. Like, the warm yellow mm -hmm. set is, like, you know, yeah. the, the orange to bright yellow. Um, and then, you yeah. know, per your recommendation, they uh, they put the nice, perfectly good, readable names on the side. So, I'm holding this ice yellow, which is actually a really good color. Um, that is reminiscent of the, the Vallejo, like ice yellow. I'm not sure if it's the same name. The one that you, you mix into a lot of stuff for a highlight though. And it works very well. Um, 
which I've been it's doing. Pale yellow, right? Pale yellow, yeah. So the, in yeah. this case, it's ice yellow. But on the side, it says very light yellow. And that is wonderful. True. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like the the names that they have for their color families. I like that they, you know, kind of identify where you are in the progression. It basically says you're, you know, one through six. I think they do it like cell phone bars of where you are. Yeah, it looks like a light to dark, 5G but, signal. <laughs> yeah, you get the 5G signal for your... Uh, yeah. <laughs> ICLO is at the top of the 5G network there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I really like that. So I think I was in the room when they were deciding how many paint paints would be in the range. Ooh, uh, okay. When I did my visit to, to Denmark a year ago, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And... They were, you know, they were talking about 200 and whatever, because I think Bo had a vision of, of the rack in stores. Oh, sure. Like I think, yeah, I think it, it came to in a dream, <laughs> like, like what the store rack would look like. And so that's, so good. did the multiplication and that's, you know, 206, 216, whatever it is. Um, and I was like, that, that sounds like a lot. Like, I, I feel like a color range should be like a hundred yeah um, maybe plus some for you know effect paints or whatever mm -hmm. but um yeah. man then i see then i see those groupings of six of those colors and it's like yeah six six you know brilliant blue colors six pale blue colors six uh gray blue colors i'm like okay six, six green blue colors i'm like mm -hmm. okay it's actually it's nice to have that choice man, and not that you need to buy all of those because that's a lot of dang paints but it's nice to have that choice it's nice to have the uh the ease of shopping if you are trying to do more work and in, in one part of the color wheel you know yeah no i mean it, it actually it makes a lot of sense like you see them especially when you see them lined up um because they have the the hues on the bottle from darkest to lightest and then they have a little arrow over the top of whatever the paint is that you're that you've got and like it makes a lot of sense you start looking at it and you're like yeah i guess i would need that kind of a range like if you're starting from the darkest and moving up yeah like that's super necessary so i i can understand how that would like grow kind of out of control very fast you know, yeah. you go from a hundred to like, oh, we're we're past two hundred at this point. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we both do like the. I mean, I mean, we like kind of all the paints that have triads that that explicitly yeah. group paints together because it's, it's convenient and it's logical. Um, and I really like the way that the Army Painter Air Paints does it. The label yeah. on each of those paints is okay. This is the like chaos red triad and it writes the right. names of the three paints i would like them better if they were you know practical <laughs> names but it, it at least writes the the three names on the side of each one and says you are here at position one or two or three yes. in this triad and so that that helps you understand and this is a an even better version of that essentially yeah. It it's is, it's a definitely this a more is the, in this is the family version. you're in and this is where you are in that family yeah and, yeah, yeah. Well, and honestly like i use their air paints a lot anymore um it's a it's a good system there's only been maybe i don't know one or two colors where i'm like this mid-tone is not necessary like just go from the base to the highlight kind of thing um 
But I mean, for the most part, like they're pretty spot on. And, yeah. and, and in this, like you're, you're getting even more subtlety in the transition. Yeah. So you have a lot of options. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, if you are buying, if you go to the store and you're buying individual bottles, I would actually suggest that you only buy three from each of these families, mm -hmm. but you can look at them and say like, I, I like, dark, you know, the darker side of the teal family. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get the darker teals. Or you can be like, you know what? These colors are close enough together that I can skip. Uh, I can skip color two and color five and, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And, well, they, uh, they say on the bottom too, near the, the kind of 5G bar, what family it is in. Like, I'm, I'm looking at the teals right now because I've got them in my hand. Yeah. Um, and it just says teals on the bottom. And it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, there's, there's six colors in this. And it's like bluish green and uh, brilliant bluish green it's like the, the next step up step up it's just a little bit brighter it's more you know it makes perfect sense um so you're buying like three and if you if you think of it as a broken up triad you're like well i want dark teals dark yeah. you know green blues then yeah. you have a triad that works from dark to mid to highlight yeah. and then if you want to yeah, go it's... even higher you know you can and you can start anywhere in between and have three that work Right. There's there's a lot of times when I'm using a, a triad from a company where I wish that the highlight was the midtone or I wish yeah. that the dark one was the midtone or, you know, so I wish like the whole triad was shifted a little bit in either direction. Right, exactly. And so, yeah, yeah the one of the ways you can do this is like if you need a triad of teal colors, you go to the rack, you see the, the six from that color family you buy the the three that you think are you're going to get the most use out of, but they're still yeah. grouped together very clearly. Like these work together, um, yeah. Or you just go nuts. But like I said, I've I've been doing most of my work with that a little eleven paint starter, mm -hmm. and I, I think that's just a in some ways a more healthy way to do it of, of <laughs> just to be like, yeah, this is yeah. A, it this is. is a very reasonable investment to uh, give give a friend for their birthday or to uh, yeah. you know, keep keep in your closet for a rainy day if you have a child mm -hmm. and then you need an emergency like we're doing crafts today. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. and they're not like overly expensive for decent paints too. And that's that's where I really think that they're doing the, the best job, right? Yeah. Is like they're in every store. They're at a reasonable price point. You know, even if it's not as low as they were before, it's also i don't know three four five times better than it was before so yeah like it, it's good it's good it's good no yep. this is this is big progress again like so many new painters this will be the first paint they experience yeah and uh having that line or that brand go from one of the worst that they could pick up <laughs> off the shelf to I mean, I you, we haven't done enough testing to say if it's one of the That's best fair. or not, but it is it yeah. is solidly in the pack of good paints right now. I mean, I think that for thing. for anything that ninety nine percent of miniature painters need to or want to accomplish, this will do that. Mm -hmm. I haven't had any problem putting it through an airbrush or glazing with it or you know doing even making like washes or whatever with it, just thinning it out and doing whatever, painting it straight on and just. You know, making sure that that glob of paint goes far. Not any issues so far. It's just, it works. Like you yep. said, like you haven't been mad at it. <laughs> you haven't sat back and been like, you know, this, this, I'm just, yeah. this color is really annoying. Like, 
Yeah. No. It's well, not well that's our. That. I think that's our review. We've been playing around with the Warpaint Fanatic, and we haven't gotten mad at it yet. We're gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna keep using it for for a while to. Yeah. Try to get the experience. Um. Yeah. I mean, I already had plenty of paints. Like, like. Right. You know, <laughs> prior to getting a shipment of Warpaint Fanatics, I had. You know, my go-tos were Pro Acryl, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, filling in the missing colors with two thin coats. Also mm-hmm. had, like, the, the Reaper. Reaper has the Bones brand, but I'm trying to say the Reaper Bones colors. Like, <laughs> the four bone <laughs> colors I had Reaper I on, on my desk. I know yeah, what yeah, you yeah. mean. Uh, uh, yeah. had, some, had some Vallejo, especially the Vallejo Metallics, but, like, I had... I've got paints. I'm fine on paints. I can, right. I can paint anything I want. I'm good. I'm good. And so I didn't need like seven or eight hundred dollar box, two hundred paints. Like I, I right, this was yeah. not necessary. But uh, for for education and to being able to uh, give people an opinion on what I think, yeah, I'm, I'm using these. I'm giving them a shot. Yeah. Like I, I definitely do appreciate the labeling system. I mm-hmm. hope that pressures the other brands to do the same yeah, whenever really they update so. their labels. You know. I mean, to be honest, though, like the the more out of the more recent paint sets that have come out, like Pro Acryl and Army Painter, like all of their different paints that have come out, the naming conventions have been much better overall. They just have. So I, I, I don't know about like. The creature caster stuff or the cuttlefish stuff, I'm not sure because I'm very unfamiliar with those. So I don't mm-hmm. know what the naming conventions are on those paints. And I think those are the newest other sets that I can think about. Yeah. But like, and I'm curious about yeah. those too. Like, I, yeah, for sure. I should pick up a few at Adepticon this year and mm-hmm. put them in my toiletry bag on the way home and, and yeah. give them some, some proper testing because, like, I, I want to know about this stuff. Like, I yeah. want to have the experience to be able to talk about it be able to have the context but well exactly um yeah. and i've missed out on on some of those paints because i it's like i've seen them and I've, I've been near them and then just been like oh i'll get to that later and then forgot you know <laughs> happens so of course yeah i remember to i remember to get my my huge miniatures paints like a, a, a three of those i got at adepticon last time jammed them in my toiletries bag got them back home where was i out they're like <laughs> Yeah, they they were around. They're See, there. Uh, I mean, I don't remember at all. <laughs> yeah, just one of the smaller booths. The yeah, the uh, the couple who's responsible for the huge miniature companies was there and hanging out, selling paint. I, I, I got some. Pretty sure I was home, with you, and I literally some stuff. don't remember They're that they're at all. fine. They're good. They're they're on the thicker side, but they're good. Yeah. I like thick. Give it to me thick. It's good. There you go. There you go. That printed it's my tagline. All right. If you see Casey at Adepticon, you remind him to pick up some of them cuttlefish colors. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And so ask him if uh, he has any kobolds in his pocket. I, I, I do. I will. I'll have more. We've got a couple of months until Adepticon. I will be giving out more instructions for what to do when you see Casey. Uh, <laughs> I will have uh, kobolds. I did a massive buyout of kobold cards, MTG cards, on eBay. And I bought like, I don't know, 200, 300 uh, of the kobold cards. I mean, that's not anything in terms of like buying out a, an actual card, but I bought a lot. Of kobold cards and we were hiding them around the hotel last time in the convention center it was good 
And I know they disappeared. Nobody said anything about it, but they disappeared. People took them. So we're going to be doing that again this year in a couple of months. Um, and of course, you know, the, the Kobold talk is coming up at any time. Stay on your toes. Exactly. Stay on your, your little claws. Yeah. Exactly. Because uh, we got some cool facts that, that we got to drop for episode three. <laughs> I also had a, uh, not, not so much a story, but a little update. So um, about a hundred episodes ago, you know, I, uh, I brought up my pool table <laughs> and I was trying to sell it. And eventually, after many, many episodes of, it was like four or five episodes, I don't even know. It wasn't that long, okay? It wasn't that long. I sold the pool table. I sold the pool table. And ever since I've sold it, I kind of regretted it, you know? A good four years ago, I felt pretty bad. I wish I hadn't. And for this Christmas, my wife got me like a three-in-one pool table uh ping pong and dining set benches and chairs and it's, ba- it's basically it's a game table i just i just wanted to just want to say after 100 episodes i'm back i'm back with the pool table i feel really good about it and uh yeah, yeah. casey casey just hasn't been the same for about 100 episodes i feel here, like but that. He's, i really do he's back on his game now yeah we're back at it get the place a pool and uh you know some warhammers on on top of the table the future is uh, blindingly bright at this point here it's at Paint Briefly, the podcast. It's true. Um, so. We don't plan on changing. We don't plan on stopping. We actually have some really big stuff coming up, some actually serious real stuff coming up, oh, which we I weren't you were really going to talk about. I remember no, no. that you're not joking. I'm definitely not joking. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we weren't really going to talk about it, and I don't know that we are. We still haven't talked about whether or not we're going to talk about it. I was kind of going to wrap this up because we're, we're no, we do. Deep. We do actually have some, some really big stuff coming up, but we're not quite ready yet. But we'll we'll tell you, but uh, yeah. keep, a, uh, keep a little notepad going with your kobold facts. Uh, mm-hmm. Remember mm-hmm. to... Uh, Remember to listen to us talk about whatever our big thing is. Um, remember to ask Casey various questions at Adepticon. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just know that 100 episodes later, he's got his pool table back. He's got his mojo so back. Hmm. <sighs> Things are just right in the world. It's been four years I feel like myself yeah. again. The future isn't all bad, Casey. It's yeah. not all bad at all. Not at all. Not at all. To another 100. I think we're good. Even though, like, what cheers. is it, next week is, che- like, cheers, four years all or something. Cheers, you bravely listeners yeah. who are still here. Yeah. <laughs> we do appreciate you. Well, in that case, thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you who are listening, and we will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. I really hope Matt cuts that like big gap out of the middle. <laughs> It'd almost be funnier if he didn't know. <laughs> I just sat here playing Boom Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
better. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I went to go refill my Dr. McGillicuddy, so yeah, I, I came back here and played Boom Beach. God, I hope that the sound effects were loud. Did you have it on, like, not silent? No, I didn't. It was silent. That'd be so good.